When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a divisional series episode here of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan, along with my co-host, Julian Edlow, as we get ready for the four-game slate that is coming up this weekend after a extremely entertaining Super Wild Card weekend. I'll be the first to say I was not looking forward to that weekend at all. I thought the, the schedule was fairly lackluster, and I thought we got anything but that with the results of everything that happened over Wild Card weekend, including... The Bucks going down in tremendous fashion, which is one of the bets that I felt most confident about in a long time. And instead, I got shellacked on a Monday night. But we'll get into that in just a few moments. As always, we're going to be going over the board for this upcoming weekend. We have Odds Are with Johnny Avello and Julian talking about how the book did and looking forward to this uh, to this week as well. But before getting to Odds Are, just do a quick re- recap of last week. Um, like I mentioned, I was all over the Bucks. I, I truly felt like the Bucks were going to uh, handle the the Cowboys pretty easily too, especially coming into that game. How poorly the Cowboys had played over the past month and a half, but it was anything but that. And we saw how dominant that Cowboys pass rush can be, and that's something that I feel like they were lacking over the past month or so. But it was on full display. Brady had almost no time to throw in that game, and that easily let the Cowboys go ahead, take the lead, never look back after that. I felt pretty good about the bet in the first quarter. Uh, A bunch of three and outs to start that game. Neither team looked to be in sync offensively, so I said, okay, cool. This looks like a pretty low-scoring game or could end up being that. Uh, And that being said, if I'm going to give the edge to a team that can at least squeak out a win, I'd probably give it to the Bucs. But once Dak Prescott got into rhythm with his offense, it was over. It, it, it was never, ever uh, a question. And that really the stake in the heart, I think, for the Bucks was that last touchdown by CeeDee Lamb to put them up by 17. I think it was at that point. You know, I felt like Brady was always kind of in that game, even as it was getting slipping further and further away. But Bucks could just not get it done. Uh, so a brutal loss for me on Monday night. How did you end up doing over the weekend? I was on the Bucks as well. I, uh, you know, Dallas hadn't been playing well. I think the part that we probably overlooked most was just how poor of a team Tampa was um, on the whole in the regular season. They won a terrible division at eight and nine. Um, Dallas was 100% the right side. Um, but I think they're in a very interesting spot that we'll, we'll talk yeah. about after we talk to, or after I talk to Johnny um, on the other side here. Uh yeah, I, I had a small uh, investment in in the Chargers, but I took the Jags plus 17 at half. I thought for sure I was going to middle, obviously, um, and wrapped up splitting those, which was interesting. Best bet for our Saturday show that we did was was Eli Mitchell. I got it over 36 and a half rushing yards. It opened 33 and a half. It closed in the 40s. The Niners scored 41 points, doubled up the Seahawks at home. McCaffrey ran for over 100 yards. Eli Mitchell got nine carries. I thought for sure if you told me all that, he would get it. 
nine carries for two yards. <laughs> one, of those weird, one of those weird losses that just uh, you can't figure out. I made a little, I made some of the money back because I did play that Eli Mitchell anytime touchdown score and Niners yep. to win, which was plus 400. I wish I had uh, gone a little heavier on the plus 400 than the minus 110 rushing prop. Um, and then my best bet on our Sunday show was the James Cook rushing yards, which he went over and then back under. Back under. <laughs> and then over. And then he actually went back under the closing line. It closed into the 40s. He got to 40 twice and went back down to 39. Yeah. So a terrible beat if you didn't get it early. I got it at 35 and a half. I gave it out on our show at 37 and a half. And, and Cook did get there. So I stubbornly went back to a rushing prop and, and got there. Um, and might do might do more of it this weekend. I'll admit as we record on Wednesday, I'm not all the way there on player props. But we can kind of scroll through and take a look as we go. Because there's only four games. And I think we, we will have you know, some strong and quick opinions on, on those games, maybe add some player prop talk into it. And, and on that cook prop, I was texting you because you were driving and I was watching the game, obviously. And late, he had like a loss of five yards. And I was like, oh no, because I, I wasn't sure what number you got it at. So like, I, I didn't know if that would put you back under or or, or not. But like, he wasn't getting a, t- he wasn't overly efficient when he was carrying the ball, but there was a couple of instances where he lost like a chunk of yards at a time. And I'm like, that's, that's absolutely brutal. I think think he had two, I think he had around two five yard losses. So, you know, on his other runs, he was probably up around 50 yards or so, I think on the day. So it was there in theory, just two really bad losses. Yeah. And it was actually a shame too, because um, you know, this is not something I tweeted about, but I made a good chunk taking the Jaguars live. Um, you know, at one point they were eight plus 18 and a half and I'm just, you know, they're a feisty second half team. We'll talk about that in the, uh, uh, when we go over the board, but, uh, gave it all back with the bucks is what it is. Uh, it was a good week. If you were taking underdogs is really what it comes down to. The underdogs really crushed it, uh, ATS over the week, but we'll talk about that. I'm sure you'll mention something with that with Johnny Avello. We're going to get to odds are with Johnny Avello and Julian, and then we'll go over the board when we come back. All right, you heard the music. You know what it means by now. Time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, how are we doing this week? Good, Jules. Thank you. All right, let's let's rip right into it. Super Wild Card Weekend mostly lived up to the hype, gave us a little bit of everything. Uh, what size and totals were the best and worst results for the book? Uh, let's look at Saturday first. Both games were uh, losers for us, with the Jags being the biggest blow. Uh, most of it was money line plus 120 and over the total in that one. Uh, the public also laid the 49ers, nine and a half. That was an easy cash. Didn't look that way in the first half, though, did it? Um, on Sunday, all the games were good for us. Uh, the Bengals game attracted the most action. And although the game moved from six and a half to seven and a half, most of the action was at seven and a half. Uh, Bills were also a good game for the house. Um, that game went from 10 and a half to 13 and a half, and they were fortunate to even win the game. Yep. Uh, in the Giants game, yes, there was a Giants money line support, but just an abundance of Vikings. Minus two and a half money showed up the day of the game. And Monday night's game was one of the biggest handles for a Monday night game ever. Um, we also did well there as far as revenue is concerned, as they took the home bucks with the points and the money line. 
And if you look at all the totals, Jules, this weekend, they all went over, uh, depending on what number you received on the Bengal game. But overall, uh, that was really beneficial to the betters. All right, so the three big favorites in San Francisco, Buffalo, and Cincy only went one and two against the closing numbers. Obviously, you mentioned the Bengals. It depends where you got them with them crossing seven. But I imagine there were a lot of three-team money line parlays or teasers or whatever on those teams. What was the uh, what was the liability on, on those three heavy favorites put together? Anything there? Yeah, there certainly was some uh... – some of those bets and there was liability, but overall there was just good balance and overall action. And, you know, and I'll tell you, the betters couldn't help themselves in the money line by throwing the Vikes in there too. So that, that certainly helped our cause. Got tripped up. That was not the one. Um, so I thought it was a really strong week for the player prop market. Um, I don't Maybe it was the tightened up into, into fewer games. You can break it down more. Um, I wound up playing a handful of them, and it seemed that, you know, betters that I follow were digging into player props more. Did you notice extra handle on uh, – well, I'm sure handle's higher on everything in the playoffs. But was there extra handle in the prop market significant? Yeah, there was. The player prop action was outstanding. Uh, you know, Super Bowlish type wagering. That's what I saw on that prop market this week. Um, all right, so – which player props were the the biggest losers and winners for the book then? Oh boy, there were a bunch. Uh, let's go to Saturday. They they loaded up on McCaffrey first touchdown score plus four seventy five and anytime score minus yeah. one forty five. There was a boost on him too, even yep. money boost. Yep. Another in that game was Geno Smith over fifteen and a half rushing yards. Uh, in the Charger game, Eckler first TD score plus five fifty and any time score minus one fifty five. They were both popular plays. Um, for the Jags, Trevor Lawrence over two hundred seventy four. We have half on all this, but I'll use the the whole numbers two hundred seventy four passing yards and uh, Travis Etienne uh, over seventy six rushing yards. They were big caches. And then on Sunday, Allen over one and a half TD passes. Uh, Cole Beasley. I love the Cole Beasley. <laughs> 12 to 1, uh, you know, uh, that's down score. Uh, and then D- Daniel Jones, uh, over 32 passing attempts. TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. Jamar Chase first TD score at plus 650. And then uh, Chase also over six and a half receptions. They were big public money make- makers. Uh, the ones that had big action that didn't get there, you asked, were Dak Prescott over a half interception. Everybody, you know, yeah. Dak's been in one of those ruts, but he wasn't. He wasn't in that rut Monday. Uh, both Jefferson and Diggs each to score a TD. Neither did. Jefferson ninety-two uh, receiving yards. Uh, Josh over Allen over forty-nine rushing yards. Burrow over two hundred sixty-nine passing yards. And McPherson, Evan McPherson. Over one and a half field goals made. Only one there. Um, all right. So let's go on to the four-game divisional card. What have we seen take the most money so far uh, out of these games, whether it be side or total? Yeah, not a lot of movement in any of the games. But the chief game, uh, early money shows that they're we're going to probably need the dog there. Uh, yeah. They're taking plus $3 on the Giants on the money line. And I expect that to continue. That money line's definitely going to drop from plus three dollars. Uh, the Bills game has to. I think that's written the most money so far. Uh, that line's up from Bills four to five, and then the Cowboys getting three and a half. It's a close in a closer game, uh, lightly wagered so far. 
That one, though, could have a reversal of popularity because I think uh, 49ers are going to attract money there. I hope so. I'm on the 49ers. Um, All right. You mentioned movement. You expect the Giants' money line to come down. Uh, The Bengals-Bills one is kind of the one that we've seen bounce around the most so far. Uh, Is there anything else that you think moves around much this week, or is the market just too sharp at this stage with really good teams playing each other in such a short board? Well, the numbers are really tight at this time of the year. So barring any major injury news, maybe a half a point here and there. The totals are still volatile. So one, one and a half points moves aren't unusual there. Uh, But I look for these numbers to stay pretty solid. All right. So it seems like this Kansas City Philly teaser, both games being on Saturday, um, Everyone wants to play this this teaser, uh, and probably I assume some some money line on those teams. Has that been really popular early in the week? Because everybody's been talking about this those key numbers. You get KC right down to two and a half, Philly to one and a half on those Saturday games. Well, Kansas City for sure in the teasers and money lines. The Eagles may have a little bit more balance in that one. I mentioned the Giants money right. line. And you could tease the Giants up to 14 and a half. You know, that may see some action where when you look at the Kansas City game, you tease the Jags up to 14 and a half or 15. That sounds a little bit more riskier. So I think that one game, the Kansas City game is going to be, that's going to be a huge game for us leading into all the other games. Um, all right. So we talk about this uh, a lot of weeks that that we have this conversation. I, once these games kind of finish and we get a more clear picture of what teams need to do to get to the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, has any specific future been popular since the wild card round ended, Johnny? Uh, the Niners and the Bengals were the most bet since the you know wild card weekend. Uh, they now sit at Bengals plus 800, Niners plus 450. And when you look at that, there's not really a lot of big changes from last week because both were expected to win. But those are the two teams that grabbed the most action this week. All right, last football one for you, Johnny, but it has absolutely nothing to do with these divisional games. The Tom Brady next team market is up on DraftKings Sportsbook, um, and it's seen movement. Uh, I wrote this question up the day before we're recording. Tampa was the, the plus 200 favorite to retain him, and in my mind now, rightfully so, is no longer the favorite. Vegas plus 150 last time I checked. Uh, you got Tennessee with the Mike Vrabel connection going from 1500 to 1200 This market popped up, and it seems to be popular right away. Uh, where's the early money going in this market? Where do you see it going? Well, you mentioned the Raiders. They're the most popular choice. You know, they are down, down to plus 150 after opening up plus 250. You know, the front office said they will pursue Tom Brady. And, you know, if you're asking me from, you know, personal viewer, I, I'm not so sure that's the correct move, Jules, unless you're thinking this. We're thinking we'll have him play a year, then we'll draft a quarterback, we'll be ready to file a year. But who's who is that drafted quarterback? That's number one. Who is that? And then so acquiring a 45-year-old Tom Brady may just be a wasted year for the Raiders. And I don't think you want to do that with this fan base out here. All right. Raiders fans want want it now. Um, All right. Last one. I'll get you out of here uh, on on college hoops. 
it's been a really great season specifically, you know, we're recording on Wednesday, January 18th. We had a great big 12 slate on, on super Tuesday. The big 12 has been a, a wild conference so far, a lot of really good teams. Um, but keeping it open to the whole country, just what are some teams that you've noticed betters have been backing and fading so far this college basketball season? Well, they're certainly back in the Cougars. Uh, we've got a lot of money on the Cougars. They are the number one choice. They have the lowest odds on our network. They're back in the Jayhawks, although they had a rough night, the rough night, lose point loser last night. And Alabama lately. That's a yeah. team also. Uh, the teams that are fading are Duke. Uh, Kentucky, who who I wouldn't count Kentucky out yet. They look like they may be getting a little bit of momentum over the last couple of games. And North Carolina would be another team that's being faded. Kentucky, they won against Georgia on Tuesday. Kentucky came close to going on the road and getting a top five win at Tennessee and sandwiching it between home losses to South Carolina and Georgia. Um, that would have made no sense. But that comes from an angry Tennessee backer on Saturday. Kentucky showed up. Uh, thanks for the time, Johnny. We will do it again soon. You're welcome, Jules. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks as always to Johnny Avello for joining us here on Unreasonable Odds. Now we're going to get to the part that you all have been waiting for, breaking down the divisional round board. Four games remaining, eight teams remaining. Uh, love how they broke this up. Jaguars Chiefs followed by Giants Eagles on Saturday. Looking forward to both of those. Bengals Bills in the afternoon. I actually probably would rather that one be at night, but it is what it is. Uh, Cowboys at 49ers to end the divisional round weekend. As we record this Wednesday afternoon, we got Chiefs at eight and a half point favorites, Eagles at seven and a half points, Bills minus five. That's been all over the place. And 49ers, three and a half favorites over the Cowboys at home. Let's start off with the, by far, the highest total on the board with the Jaguars and Chiefs over under, and this one is at 53. Uh, if you remember, these two teams met up earlier in the season. We had a similar total in that one. That one went under by a pretty wide margin, but I think we're going to see a different story this time around. It was right around that time that the Jaguars would go into the bye and then they came out like a completely different team. Trevor Lawrence specifically has been playing the best football that we've seen since he's entered the league. Um, and now we have them as eight and a half point dogs here in Kansas city. Now, the first thing that I said to you when this opened up was this number is so good to tease really on either side, right? Because I think you could realistically see either outcome playing out in this game. If you're teasing this on a six point teaser, you're getting the Jaguars at, at 14 and a half, which is a great number, or you're getting the chiefs down to two and a half. So getting that under the key number of three, um, could this end up being a close game? I, I, I really think it could be. I think that of the games that we have here, and obviously they're all uh, four points or more aside from that 49ers game. This could be the one that I think could end up being the closest game altogether. 
Um, so as of right now, I'm kind of leaning on back in the Jags at, at eight and a half. The Chiefs have not been a great team covering the spread all season, 6-10-1 on the year. But as a touchdown favorite or more, so seven points or more, they've gone three and five against the spread. This has not been a strong spot for the Chiefs to cover in these type of games. Um, so what side are you leaning here for this Jaguars and Chiefs game? So I, I'm not going to do anything with the eight and a half, um, but like you, I saw it as the ultimate teaser piece, but I am, I'm sure. I think the Jags should keep this within two touchdowns. I'm not using it that way though. I'm just using it down to Kansas city yep. minus two and a half. The chiefs win as home favorites. They don't cover um, Kansas city was a slight home dog to Buffalo actually. And Buffalo won that game. Yep. So they were favored seven times at home this season. They won all seven games outright. They were two, four, and one against the spread. Um, potentially two, five, and one, depending on what, what yep. number you want to use. But two, four, and one is what I have against the spread as a home favorite. So tells me that they're going to win, uh, but who knows about covering? I, I really trust Kansas City to win in this spot. It's Andy Reid off the bye. Yep. Um Mahomes' last playoff game was being up big against the Bengals in the AFC Championship game and puking all over himself at home in the second yep. half. They're going to come ready to play. Um, the Jags have won essentially two straight home playoff games now. Uh, but now you're going on the road to Arrowhead. This is different. This is kind of like the reality moment for Jacksonville, and maybe they can you know catch themselves more on the up and build more off the second half of this season next year. But this is where the road ends. So the question is, can is keeping it within a field goal safe? I, I think it is um, with, with Kansas City. So I think they're the ultimate uh, teaser piece. And we can talk about a couple legs that I've put them with as we, as we get to those games. Um, but yeah, I, I, nothing for me on the total. I would lean under. It's been bet up. And like you yep. said, the other one went under. People want to back like Mahomes on the over the chiefs only average 25 points per game at home which is less than half of this total yep. now jacksonville doesn't have a very good pass defense Mahomes should be able to put up some good numbers here uh but yeah the uh, the over getting bet up this high is is a little bit too much for me um but i'm with the rest of america really that kansas city minus two and a half is the teaser leg we're gonna see a lot of them, like I, I talked to Johnny about, I was like, how many of those Saturday Chiefs-Eagles teasers are coming in? And he said a, a good amount. Yeah. Although a lot of betters, public money is going early on that seven and a half with the Giants. Yeah. Um, and people are playing the Giants plus 300 money line, which he said would dip. Yeah, so I mean, my, my follow-up was going to be, do you think that there's any chance that the Jaguars could etch out, you know, eke out a victory here? Obviously, you're you're clearly behind the Chiefs in that one there. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Jags could win. I think the Giants could yeah. win. They're playing very well. They're 14-4 against the spread. Um, Dayball knows Hurts. You don't know anything about college football, but Dayball was one of Hurts' coaches at Alabama. So he has a pretty good feel for him, and Hurts has been dinged up, and the only time we've seen him over the last month is playing the Giants' third stringers. So, like, the unknown of Jalen Hurts is the big thing in that game. Um, do you want to just get to this one or do you have any prop 
inklings for Jags Kansas City. There's a couple of things I actually like in this game. I I actually okay, do. Let's finish up. I, I let's finish up. I do Kansas like State. the second half over at 26 and a half. You're getting that at minus 115. I know you just said that you're not a big fan of the over in this game altogether, but we have two of the better uh, teams at scoring in the second half going up against each other. Kansas City is ranked third, averaging 13.1 points. Jacksonville is at seven at 12.8. But if you look at Jacksonville over the last three games, they're just under 16 points in the second half. They really have been a second half team. And that's obviously a huge reason why they're here right now and not the Chargers. Um, so I think that over 26 and a half is, an, is a nice number. It's, it's even for both sides, but I do like taking the second half under in this one here because the Jaguars have been playing better in the second half. Also on that, Jarek McKinnon to go over 34 and a half receiving yards. This dude has just been on a completely different level since about week 11 at this point. Jacksonville averaging the second most receiving yards to a running back. Now, oddly enough, they're only one of four teams that have not allowed a receiving touchdown to the running back position. The way that they've been using McKinnon in the red zone, and you can get him as an anytime touchdown at minus 110. But any time, but they've been using him so much in the red zone that it's hard not to like McKinnon to be heavily involved in this game, especially when you consider how poor the Jaguars' defense has been against catching uh, running backs who catch out of the backfield. There, sixteen red zone targets on the year for running backs. That's the second most in the league. And what makes that all that more impressive is he had six after Week Ten. So 10 red zone targets for McKinnon week 11 on. So anytime touchdown for McKinnon over that 36 and a half, uh, sorry, 34 and a half receiving yards. Uh, those are two plays I like in this game a lot too. Yeah. The touchdown looks pretty good since week 13, since he scored in that game, yep. then two week 14 Denver scored against Houston, scored against Seattle, scored two again against Denver. He's on like a five game streak. Yeah. And then scored against Vegas. So that's one, two, three, four, five. He scored in. He scored eight touchdowns in the last six games and scored in every game. Absurd, absolutely so absurd. That that I was gonna say. I'm between. That's what I was gonna talk about between the anytime scorer or the McKinnon rushing yards, which he caught two, two of three targets for no yards against Vegas. Before that, it was 52 Denver, 31 Seattle, 70 Houston, yeah. 112 Denver. Yep. There's a McKinnon prop to be had. Uh, it's early in the week, and I just kind of feel like I have to whittle down what what it is. But I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I feel like I want to talk about like a Jacksonville passing or receiving prop. I feel like they maybe go down, and it sets up a good spot like last week. Yep for it but then you remember the chiefs kind of also can come out flat in these spots and go nuts in the second half so i'm gonna stay away there it's i think the mckinnon props are probably my favorite prop angle in this yep, game for sure um all right saturday night giants eagles like i said giants are 14 and 4 against the spread that last week 18 game is a punt game against the eagles we didn't learn anything from it Eagles smoked them 48 to 22 in the one regular season game that both teams were at, uh, you know, full strength. Um, and that was the game in New York, right? Yep. Uh, okay. Or in Jersey. In Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <sighs> this game, the 
the public's going to be all over the Giants, and it's scary at seven and a half. Like, oh, you're getting you're getting the hook. These division games, like we just saw Baltimore stay with keep it within a touchdown with Cincy. Yep. Getting that hook is very important here. That said, this should be nine and a half or ten if Hertz, if we knew Hertz was healthy. We kind of don't know because we've only seen him once in a weird game over the last month. But I think he's good to go, which means that I would side with the Eagles here if I had to decide. I would go against the public. I would take the Eagles. But the teaser that everyone in the world is going to be yeah. on on Saturday, including, you know, if we went back to you a couple years ago, you don't like putting pieces together on different days. Some people are still like that, casual bettors. I don't want to put it with the Bengals on Sunday. I want to get paid out on Saturday. Well, these are the two Saturday games, too, yeah. so that's going to generate even more attention. Um, Chiefs to two and a half, Eagles to one and a half. So many people are going to have this, which I hate. But I did have the, I did have an even money. I got it early in the week. Even money, Bengals, Bills, Niners, money line parlay last week, and it got there, and that's what everybody was doing. So it's about figuring out, you know, if you want to tail these public plays, if you want to tail the next, you know, 10, 20 plays like this, you're going to have a losing record. But they win sometimes, yeah. and I think this one is a winner. Um, I a lot of like Johnny said that plus three hundreds coming in on the Giants. You know, New York is New York is a New York and New Jersey are huge states for us on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yep. I think people are betting with their hearts. Not that not that Pennsylvania isn't either, but I think people are betting the Giants with their hearts, and I think it's creating some value on the Eagles. So I will give out that I'm not doing seven and a half. I'm not going to do seven and a half, but I'm I'm just going with it. Two and a half Chiefs, one and a half Eagles. I, I really think it gets there. Giants have been. So good in these spots as underdogs. 11 and 2 against the spread as underdogs. But yep. And 8 and 1 against the spread on the road this season. Yep. That's the scary part, too. That, that really is the scary part. And like, I don't want to overreact to last week because the Vikings defensively are just such a bad team. But like, is that yep. not like probably the best overall performance we've seen from the Giants like as a whole? Like ball security mm -hmm. wasn't an issue. Jones was their leading rusher. So it's like 300, 300 passing yards, multiple passing touchdowns and almost 80 yards on the over ground. like a hundred. That was like a, that was really like a Michael Vick, Lamar Jackson. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'd accept that like type of performance. But, from, like like you said, like 301 passing yards. was like over a hundred, his season average, like everything was just clicking. But when you look at this team on paper, you're like, what? These guys? Hodges, Slayton. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and then you look at the uh, the Eagles. A.J. Brown, Devonta Freeman, you know, Miles Sanders. Yeah, look at the, I mean, look at it in the matchup, too. Like, the Eagles have a secondary. Yeah, right. And that's the big difference. That's, that's the big difference. Minnesota doesn't have. Yes. And this game's going to be outdoors. Not that the Giants aren't used to playing outdoors, but, like, I don't think Daniel Jones can repeat what he did in the dome in Minnesota outside at Philly in the middle of January. I feel like I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. If I take the seven and a half, that hook's going to kill me. If I don't take the seven, I'm not going to play the spread. I don't think I can either. I don't think I can either. And if I am playing the spread, it's definitely going to be the Giants. And if I lose it, fine. It is what it is. But 
you can't say that you feel confident about seven and a half with the Eagles with how well the Giants have been against the spread as underdogs all season. 11 and 2. I mean, you can't, you can't discredit that. You can't discredit that at all. Um, so I think this will probably be a prop game for me. And the, and the one that kind of jumped out at me the most, um, you know, aside of a touchdown prop was A.J. Brown to go over uh, 69 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. The two games that he's played against the Giants, limited catches, only eight catches, but on those catches, 165 yards. So we're talking about averaging over 20 yards per reception. Now, one of those games was the week 18 game where they were kind of playing their B squad, but it was nice to see two things. A, that Jalen Hurts was accurate and hitting his guy. And B, that, you know, this is something we've seen already before, even when they're playing their full complement of players. Is that the Giants have not had an answer for A.J. Brown. I mean, to be fair, nobody's really had an answer for A.J. Brown. I mean, when you're averaging just under nine targets a game, volume is going to be king. So 69 and a half feels like a pretty lofty number that he can exceed in this game that I think is going to be close. Like, I really think that I don't think this is going to end up being a blowout. Like, I'm not expecting, you know, the Gi- the Giant, excuse me, the Eagles to come in here and drop 30, 35 points on the Giants and the Giants are, you know, under two touchdowns. Like, I think this is going to be a close game. So if we're going to get a, getting a close game, then I'll bank on A.J. Brown being a big reason, um, getting a plenty of targets through the air. So I like him going over 69 and a half. So the one that catches my eye is the Jalen Hurts minus 120 anytime touchdown score. It 13 in the regular season while missing two games. Yep. <clears throat> Three of them being against the Bears in the game that he got hurt. Maybe part of the reason he got hurt was running too much. I had Miles Sanders anytime touchdown scorer in that game, and Hertz took all three rushing touchdowns, and they weren't handing it to Sanders in the first quarter, didn't give him the ball they should have, and maybe using Hertz too much on the ground got him hurt. So my red flag here and why I'm not going to give it out is a bet now. I need time to marinate on it. Maybe they don't run him as much as they have been in order to preserve him for the playoff run, even though it's – it can go one of two ways, or they can just say, look, it's part of your game. We need it. If we're going to be successful, go do what you do. I don't know which one it's going to be. He had nine carries for 13 yards against the giants in the, in his return. Obviously in that game, you definitely protect him more for sure. So I don't, I don't know if Hertz was just going and hadn't, hadn't gotten injured and we were just going into this game i would say hurts minus 120 anytime touchdown score it's a playoff game yep. you gotta have it they use him the injury gives me pause but we'll see it's probably a pretty good bet if they're gonna let hurts just go you know without any restrictions here moving to sunday we got Bengals at bills the bills are five point favorites here kind of a little bit of a no man's land here so in those type of scenarios I'm probably going to be back in the underdog and the underdog just happens to be the Bengals who, you know, is a team that I was looking to make the Super Bowl. a bit. One of the bets that I made you both, you and I both made was Bucks Bengals to make the Super Bowl. That was dashed already. Um, I I was confident enough to use free play. Right. (laughs) Um, But it's hard. There's, there's two things I'm wrestling with. It's hard to not like the Bengals as underdogs because this is going to be only the third time this season this has happened. But we're talking about a Bengals team who's, what was their biggest issue a couple of years ago? Their offensive line. They upgrade the offensive line. Great. Now everybody's injured. So now they're kind of 
piecing together as best they can an offensive line to go up against the Bills, who, you know, to be fair, their, pa- their pass rush hasn't been as dominant without Von Miller. But that being said, it's not going to take much to, to get pressure on Joe Burrow. But the problem um, that I'm wrestling with here is I'm, I'm, I can't take the Bills at minus five. They're really having issues closing out with these subpar offenses. You know, they we could have easily be looking at a Miami Dolphins team playing this week that, over the Bills. That game was not supposed to be close. And a big reason why it wasn't supposed to be close, what did the Bills close as? 13 and a half point favorites? Is that what it ended up closing at? Yeah. yeah. And it was a three-point game. In a three-point game that, again, was almost in favor of their opposition. So if the Dolphins can move downfield with Skylar Thompson, like they did against the Bills, what's stopping the Bengals doing the same with a much better offense? Now, the offensive line, of course, is going to hamper that. But I feel like Burrow is doing a good enough job of getting the ball out quickly that, you know, maybe this won't be as glaring of an issue as some people are are hyping it up to me. Because don't get me wrong, I'm not saying this is not going to be an issue because it absolutely is. But is it enough that the Bengals are five-point dogs here? Like, I, to me, it's, it's, at least as it stands, it's, it's Bengals or nothing for me. Yeah, it's a weird number. Um, and the Bills are kind of like the Chiefs. I, they were three and five against the spread as home favorites yeah. this year. Um, you know, you could easily, the Bengals got off to a good start. Granted, it was in Cincy in this game against Buffalo when we saw, uh, you know, the first 10 minutes of it on Monday night. Um, in my, you know, gut call, this feels like a field goal game one way or another. Uh, so taking the points is is attractive. I use this, and I, I don't think I'll bet the spread uh, just like the Philly game. I use this as my other teaser leg with Kansas City. I have Kansas City minus a half, minus two and a half, and two teasers. Philly down to one and a half, and Cincy up to eleven. Um, so I'm going to say this this goes ten or less. Bangle, give myself a little bit of cushion with the Bengals for that offensive line to to yep. make a big mistake. Maybe they are down three late driving, uh, and the offensive line comes into play. Burrow gets a sack fumble, or the pressure just gets to him and he throw, has a bad interception. I, I don't know. I, I do think there's a little something there, even though they won despite the offensive line last year all the way into the Super Bowl. I'm probably I'm comfortable teasing the Bengals. I think we'll get a good game here. I don't think I'm going to play the the game when it comes to the spread or total. And then the other thing too with the, with the Bills, the, the turnovers have been a big issue for them lately, and that's kind of always been the knock on Josh Allen. If he can limit the turnovers, yes. he'd be a, a much better quarterback. He's been doing that except for the past couple of weeks. And you know, if we're playing a game of turnovers here, well, you know, I feel like the Bengals are more are in a better position to win that turnover matchup than the bills are at this point. So um, this is Bengals or me for, um, for this one here. I'm not looking to take the Bengals or pass. What did I say? Bengals or me. I'm definitely not betting on you this. Week, I man. wouldn't either. Uh, but yeah, Bengals for me, I think is what I meant to say. Um, that's probably, Oh, maybe you did say four and I heard. Or, that's okay. Either way. No, because you said no, they, don't worry yeah, about it. I'm not. Anybody listening can rewind. You can hit the little 15 second back button and figure out what I said. Um, mm-hmm. So Bengals for me, 
or nothing. I'm not taking the Bills at this point here. Uh, not really crazy about props in this one yet. That, that will probably change as the week gets a little bit closer. Uh, admittedly, I've been more focused on the Saturday games and the Sunday games, at least when it comes to props here. And we're still kind of light on the props as we're sitting here uh, recording, I, like I mentioned, Wednesday afternoon. So I'll probably revisit that later in the week. So unless you have something uh, prop-wise for this one, we'll move on to the next. No prop here. Okay. Cowboys and Niners. Niners are three and a half point favorites at home in this one here. Um, I tweeted out something yesterday saying that Brady was um, led the league in time in the pocket to throw at 2.33 seconds. That was the fastest in the league. Um, some people were pointing out, well, that's because, you know, he had a very flimsy offensive line and whatever. Brock Purdy is 24th at 2.85, uh, one of the lower halves in the league. But, you know, obviously this is somebody that will move, unlike Brady. Uh, the, the 49ers do have a run game, but I did think that that is, was at least somewhat notable just because Brady had no time to throw in that game last week. Like it was like almost instantaneous. They would snap that ball and it felt like he was like the, the Cowboys were inches away from him almost each and every time. And I bring that up because there were some instances last week against the Seahawks where Purdy was, you know, trying to escape the pressure you know, running to the side of the field and trying to throw to the opposite end of the field. Like it was rookie, you know, I, I guess like maybe not enough uh, reps, like that, some of the throws that he was making there in those big situations. Do you still feel confident enough that the 49ers can take down the Cowboys? Because I feel like they can, but the Cowboys definitely raised some eyebrows for me in that win on Monday. Yeah, so I, I'm going Niners minus three and a half. Um, and I also had a play on the total here. I'm going over 46 and a half, over oh, 46 okay. in the game. Um, I liked this game a lot, actually. The Niners are eight and one against the spread as home favorites this yeah. season. Eight and one against the spread as home favorites. They have capitalized in this spot. And the Cowboys, as good as Dak looked on Monday Night Football in Tampa, Dallas is now on its fourth straight road game and now going to San Francisco on a short week because of the Monday night football game. This, if there's a point where this catches up, it, it's now, I would say, uh, going to play the best defense in the NFL um, on the road once again with shorter prep time. San Francisco played Saturday, gets two extra prep days for this game at home to get Brock Purdy ready and to keep setting up the spots that ask less of him against a good defense, find ways to run the ball, find way. And they have the weapons to like neutralize a pass rush like this. McCaffrey, Eli Mitchell, although he uh, did not do well by me last week is a very good backup running back. And McCaffrey gets involved in the pass game. Kittle on the short routes is a tight end. Debo, wherever you want to give him the ball, screens, handoffs, slants. They have ways to break this. So I just think it's a bad spot for Dallas and a spot that San Francisco, no matter who's been under center, has been terrific in. Um, now, I, I flipped through Purdy's game log. In terms of the over, real quick, 41 last week against Seattle. Since Purdy, since Purdy became quarterback, let's say, against Miami, early in the Miami game, 33 against Miami, 35 against Tampa, 21 only on the road on a short week. Yep. His first road start <clears throat> short week in the division, 21. 37 Washington, 37 Vegas, 38 Arizona, 41 Seattle. They're putting up points every week. If they get into the mid-30s, high-40s like they generally do, they're right there. Dallas isn't getting shut out. Give me 10 points, and, and we can get there. So I, I really like the over in this game, and I think that 
the Niners are going to score points, and I think that they're going to cover at home. The one thing I'll say, this should be the toughest game for Purdy. Miami was at home. Tampa was at home, and we now know Tampa's just not good. Seattle was on Seattle. Was, Seattle and Vegas were his only two real road games, which doesn't come as much into play because this is at home. But Washington, Arizona, Seattle, this is the toughest task at home for sure. Yep. But I think they're going to get there. I'm I'm struggling this game honestly. I I mean I, I will definitely admit I think I'm just I'm so burned by the Bucks last week that maybe this is kind of clouding my judgment. Uh, if I'm being totally honest, because I do think that the 49ers are the better team, and I do think the 49ers will win this one, uh, but I'm definitely a little bit hesitant. I think that's and I think that's kind of clouding my judgment here. So I'm just gonna. I think how much I think how bad we're kind of discovering Tampa is almost helps this spot because it helped Dallas look better yeah. than they might be. Yeah. I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. Actually. I, th- I do think that's, that's a great point here. If I, if I had a lean, I would be leaning the Niners in this. Oh, and I'm uh, sorry. I forgot one piece of analysis before I, as I cut you off and let you I finish. hope it's good. Brett Mars, they're sticking with this dude. <laughs> I, you can't, you, now, can't, I'm not I, saying, you can't, you can't. I'm not saying we're going to get flukes. Uh, a fluke like four missed kicks in a row i retweeted something from chris raybon at action network who came on this podcast this year it was a 0.0011 percent chance of him missing four in a row uh, just judging off of his season accuracy however you're on the road that crowd after what just happened every time this dude lines up to kick whether it be an extra point or a field goal is going to be all over him if he he can mentally fix himself in practice this week, if he is not mentally fixed on the field on Sunday, <laughs> that could cost some points. It didn't matter on Monday night. Maybe it matters this week. I think that has to be included, given what we just said. I will respectfully decline that analysis because, like you just mentioned, the chances of that happening, the odds that they were, are just so asinine. I'm not saying he's going to go 0 for 4 again. Sure. Um but if there's a big kick yeah. in this game, that building is going to get loud, yeah. reminding him what he did. Last oh, week. they'll be loud no no matter what. You know that's that too. for sure. Um, <laughs> but that was just a historic. But after the second one, he just knew he was mentally gone. He was absolutely mentally gone. And then for them to keep trotting him out here is like you're just doing more damage than good at this point. Um, I mean, they could they could because of the score. Yeah. Yep. I honestly thought that was going to be how Brady was going to come back to. One, one of the ba- I think we all did. One of the bad beats of the season, by the way, was the over in that game. Like three the points, total right? in that game was 45 and a half. And there were seven touchdowns and it went under. Do math. Yep. Seven times seven is 49. Yep. That's an over. Yep. Even if you miss an extra point or, or in a two-point conversion, um, you know, now you're at what? 46. That's an over. Yep. Or 40, 47. Uh, that's an over. Yep. Seven touchdowns and catching the under on a 45 and a half, 46 total is, uh, that's got to be one of a kind right there. Brutal. That's playoffs though, right? That's absolutely what you get expect for something like this in the playoffs. All right, we're going to close the book here on the divisional round analysis. I'm going to put you on the spot here real quick. Um, at least judging by the odds to win it all, pretty wide open at this point. Six of the eight teams remaining are no longer than eight to one um, to win the Super Bowl. Then you have Giants and Jaguars at 25 to one and Jacksonville 35 to one. If you had to pick your Super Bowl winner 
as it stands right now, who are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs because I've said all year, I think the AFC team, I'm sorry, I think the AFC team is going to be favored over the NFC team. Um, And I can't, like, the Chiefs are my most confident team to win this week. So they're in the AFC title game, either at home or at a neutral site. Whereas Buffalo and Cincy have to go at it. I'm just very, I'm confident that Kansas City is going to be there and in a good spot. And then I would take them over the NFC. I think the Chiefs to win the AFC is actually a pretty decent bet right now. I'd be going with the Niners right now, plus 450, uh, 40, 450, excuse me. Um, that would be my play right now. I think that is going to be the team to beat, especially if they can get past uh, Cowboys. I don't hate taking the Bengals at eight to one in the hopes that they can get some offensive line help back if they can advance this week. I think that's a great number on them right the Bengals, now. The Bengals were my yeah. pick. I do have some Bengals at eight to one to to win the AFC. I, it's just where they are now. I, I I am starting to have a hard time seeing them win both in Buffalo right. and Kansas City to get there. Right. Um, Especially, like we said, that spot for Mahomes hosting the Bengals, if we get back to it in the, if with, for a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, I think he's going to be particularly sharp if we got that game, given the brain fart that he had last year. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. When we return next week, we'll be into the championship round. Four teams will be remaining, and then, of course, we'll wrap it all up in for the Super Bowl. That will be in February when we talk to you then. Until then, good luck with your bets. For Julian Edlow, I'm Steve Buchanan. We will talk to you next week. Scarlet. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.